and all the time. Let us pray. Lord, we seek you. We need you. Lord, forgive us for the many things our hearts desire. This morning, Lord, remind us that you're all that we need. That your love and grace is sufficient. But that there are people who perhaps don't know that love or haven't experienced that love. So Lord, today as we talk about your extravagant love, may we once again open our hearts to receive it that it may be multiplied in and through us. It's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jim and Della, a young American couple, were very poor, but they were very much in love. They were very careful with their money, but it was the day before Christmas, and all they had were a dollar eighty-seven, and sixty cents of that was in pennies. Della sat by the window while Jim was at work, and she was playing with her hair, dreaming, dreaming of what it was that she could get her husband, one who loved her so much, one who deserved so much. For each of them had one prized possession. She had her hair which dropped below her knees and would make the queen of Sheba jealous. And he he had a gold watch which his father had given him and his father had given him too. A watch that King Solomon would look at with envy. When Della looked through the window, a very thin window in their flat, An idea hit her, and she ran out of the house. As she ran across town, she was out of breath when she entered the second floor to Madame Saffroni's hair goods of all kinds. She asked her how much for her hair, and Saffroni responded, $20. Give it to me quick, Della said, as down rippled her brown cascade hair. With the money, she spent two hours looking for the perfect gift for Jim. And she found it, a platinum fob watch chain, beautiful in its simplicity. It cost $21, leaving her 87 cents. She was excited, even though her hair was a mess. She, she fixed it before Jim got home, and the fragrance of dinner, dinner filled the air. She was worried. What would he think? When he got home, he opened the door and he stared at her. Hundreds of questions went through Della's mind. Does he still like me? What does he think? What's going through his head? He just stands there and holds her. Della said, I did it for you, Jim. I sold my hair to buy you 
a chain for your watch. It'll grow back, Jim. It'll grow back. Finally, he gathered enough courage to give Della her gift. She excitedly opened it, but then, the, but then seeing it, she broke out in streams of tears. It was the tortoise sheer shell hair combs with jeweled edges she had been looking at. She had been dreaming about that would be beautiful in her hair, but she knew she would never be able to afford them. After composing herself, she gave the chain to Jim. It's okay, Jim, she said. My hair will grow back. But here is your chain. Get out your watch and put, your, put the chain on it and let's see it. Jim sat down on the couch, if that's what you could call it, and he put his hands behind his head. I sold my watch to buy your combs. And in silence, they sat down to dinner. O. Henry's short story, The Gift of the Magi, is a beautiful tale of two people willing to give all they had for the other. An extravagant act of love that filled the room. Today's scripture portrays for us many acts of love from specific people in the Gospel of John. Which one do you most identify with? Join me in the reading of today's scripture coming from the book of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Follow along in your devices, the Bibles in the pews, or your own Bibles that you have with you this morning. John, chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples... The one who was about to betray him said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this, but not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She, brought, she bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you. But you do not always have me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. In today's scripture, at the beginning, we learned that Passover is around the corner. It's six days away. And with the approach of Passover, we know that it means the approach of Jesus' death. Passover commemorates the freedom of the Jews from the bondage of, of Egypt. It was the most important Jewish festival. It was at this time that they remember the angel of death that passed over the homes who had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. <clears throat> this Passover was held in Jerusalem. Jesus was a wanted man, and they knew that if he returned to Jerusalem, his death would be imminent. 
A city which many of the Passover guests would stay was Bethany. It was on the outskirts of Jerusalem, and it's there Jesus would find himself. There are many close friends of Jesus who gathered for a dinner. Today's place takes scene at the dinner table. Do you remember who was there? Help me remember. Lazarus was there. Judas. Judas was there. Mary. Mary was there. Martha was there. Jesus. Jesus was there. As we see, impossibly some other disciples were there. Do you remember the acts of love that each of them showed? Who is it? Who is it perhaps in this story that you most identify with? Let's begin with Lazarus. Now you might think, what did Lazarus do? He's just another guest at the table. But remember what happened to Lazarus not too long ago. He was dead and Jesus raised him from the dead. Obviously we know of Jesus' love for Lazarus by that act, but there had to be that reciprocating of love that Lazarus had for Jesus just by being there and being present with Jesus at the table. Sometimes the greatest act of love that we can show another is by being present with them. It's not what we say, it's not what we do, but it's just by being there. And being there sure says, says a lot. Martha, have you found yourself like a Martha? Amen. I'm, there you go, Sue, I'm with you. We don't learn a whole lot about Martha in this story. It's just two words. Martha served. Martha's always been busy serving, fixing, doing, preparing. When Jesus was around, she was always good at making sure his needs were taken care of. Martha was a practical woman. Main way she showed her love was by her hands. Martha always gave what she could. Jesus had a long journey ahead. He was probably tired and hungry, and Martha loved him, and she wanted to show that love to him by doing for him, serving for him. Can you relate to Martha? Mary. Mary once again becomes the ideal example through her extravagant act of love. Can we all be Mary's? Nope. But we can consider her witness. She did not think about the cost, only about the giving. We saw the father's act of extravagance from the prodigal son. This week, we see Mary's act of love for her friend and Savior, Jesus. What about you? This nard, this precious ointment used for bearing royalty was worth about 300 denarii. One denarius was a typical day's wages, so 300 denarii was a year's wages. Mary had a pound of it and poured it on Jesus' feet. It was an example of her extravagant love being poured out upon Jesus. So we see love's extravagance and love's humility. If you recall the 23rd Psalm, do you remember it's one's head being anointed with oil, a sign of honor. But Mary couldn't anoint Jesus' head, so she anointed his feet. 
his dirty, sandaled feet. Her act was not one of bestowing an honor upon Jesus, but one of symbolizing her service and humility to him. Isn't that one of the greatest signs of love? When we love someone so much that we're unconscious about our own needs or the effect it might have on us? Kind of like Jim and Della had for each other. What was Mary doing? She used her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. Her hair that would not only take the nard off of his feet that she had put on, but the dirt that came with it. In itself, this is a very selfless act of love. But in the culture, it was unheard of for a woman to have her hair down. It was a sign of immorality. Mary didn't care what others thought. Her focus was on Jesus. She was doing it for him. How about us? Who do we do our acts of love for? Are they done with extravagance, humility, and unconsciousness? And when we do them, what fragrance is left behind? Mary loved Jesus so much she didn't care what others thought. And when she opened the bottle of ointment... Did you catch what happened? The house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. Many scholars believe that there really is a double meaning here. The deeper meaning signifying that the whole church was filled with the memory of Mary's extravagant act of love, of unselfish love. We've talked about Lazarus. We've talked about Martha and, of course, about Mary. But what about Judas? What did Judas say? Sell the bottle, 300 denarii, and give the money to the poor. How can this be an act of love? Isn't it obvious? We learn it's an act of selfish love. Hard to go from Mary's act of selfless love to Judas's act of selfish love. But it's the reality in the story and it's the reality that we sometimes face today. Judas was a man who knew the cost of everything but the value of nothing. The scripture tells us that Judas's comment was boasted not for what he said, but because he took a little out of everything that was put in. Money was Judas's love. Money was probably a gift he had, and the sense he was good at keeping up with it. The very gift, uh, the very point of gifts for Judas was the very point in which he was tempted. A little here, a little there. It won't hurt anybody, will it? What fragrance is Judas filled with? Judas' view of Mary's act as an extravagant waste was just a glimpse of what was inside. 
of him. What's inside of you? What's inside of you and me? The fifth act of love that I want to share with you this morning centers around Jesus. In this scripture, we even see Jesus' love for Judas. Jesus had to know that Judas was going to betray him. There's a referral to this at the end of John chapter 6. But he still trusted Judas with the money of the disciples. Maybe Jesus was saying, Judas, I know you're going to betray me, but there's still a possibility for redemption. Jesus did not treat Judas with suspicion, but with trust and an expectation of doing your best. Maybe we can learn from that. Jesus' act of love for Lazarus, for Mary, for Martha has already been seen. His weeping, his rising of Lazarus from the dead, his many visits with them had demonstrated it in the past. So I've shared with you five acts of love of Mary and Martha of Lazarus, of Judas, of Jesus, there's one more. What might this final act of love be? I think that's where you and I come in. Jesus said to those gathered at the table that you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Man, this is a tough passage. Jesus was not neglecting the poor but was emphasizing the urgency of the moment at hand. To what end do we serve and help? We hear stories and know people who've lost someone they loved. Sometimes it's suddenly. Other times we wish we had just one more moment, one more time, one more visit, or regret a failed opportunity. Today we have a chance with those we know and love. This is a serious and urgent moment at hand for us. To share an act of presence like Lazarus. To share an act of love through service like Martha. To share an extravagant love with humility and unconsciousness like Mary. Or to stay in selfish love like We can share these acts of love any time. But why put them off? Let us grasp the chance when it comes. We can fill someone else's home, someone else's life, someone else's heart with an extravagant act of love. Jesus did before and when he went to the cross. <clears throat> Let us express that same love, for we never know when we might have a chance again. Let us live in love as Lazarus, Martha, Mary, and even Jim and Della did, but not live in remorse as Judas did, so that the tortoiseshell, jewel-lined hair combs, and platinum watch chains that we give each other might become like gold, frankincense, and myrrh that the wise men brought to a baby 
on Christmas morn. And for us today, on this brink of Holy Week, let us be reminded that no gift is wasted that's given in love. Jesus not only points this out, he lives it out. And we desperately live in a world that needs to be filled with the fragrance of extravagant love. What extravagant act might you offer in the weeks to come? In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.